Now, News Talk Radio, CJAD 800 gives you Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner. Welcome to Solo in the City. I'm Cheryl Vesner, the founder of Solo in the City and also your dating coach. And today I'm actually so happy to have back with us Danielle Brooks. She's a speaker an author, and a sacred sound healer who teaches heart-centered awareness. And that's really what life is all about, um, heart-centered awareness. So, Danielle, welcome back to Soul in the City this week. Thank you so much, Cheryl. It's great to be with you. It is. And, and you know, it's so much fun because it's summer and... Um, yeah, I it's know. Summer. <laughs> it's summer. And last week we talked about, at the end of the show about you know, top 10 places to go and mm-hmm. meet people, especially as a mature person, because I'm asked that all the time. Where can we go out and meet new people and yet not go to a bar? Right. And and I actually took, you know, the time this week to think about all the places I talked about on last week's show and go out and enjoy some of them. And you know what? It's an amazing city we live in. You know, there's no yeah. reason to be sitting home wondering where to meet new people. It's a matter of getting dressed and going out. And I'm telling you, you will meet new people. Absolutely. You just need to do this incredible thing, which is turn the doorknob. Turn the doorknob. out. Oh, no, there's a few more things you have to do. Okay? (laughs) So number one is, yeah, well, (laughs) well, if you don't, actually, you might meet a lot of people, but for the wrong reason. Um, But there's a couple things. First of all, walk out with the right attitude. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I meet a lot of people who say to me, you know, I go out and I don't meet anybody. Well, they've got, like, do not approach stamped on their forehead. You got to look at it as an adventure. You do. You do. And and people ask me all the time, you know, why is it that, you know, you're always talking about going out and having a positive outlook? And my, my answer is always the same. Isn't that who you want to meet? Like, you have to be who you want to meet. Absolutely. Right? And I don't want to meet somebody who has this very closed off, non-expressive, you know, expression on their face. I want to meet somebody who is smiley and, mm-hmm. and expressive and, and, and kind of calling in. Mm-hmm. You know, like, approach me. Come talk to me. We have to put that out there. And it doesn't mean, like, throw ourselves out there and, and you know, walk around, like, really like sleezing it in or anything it means being open to meeting and being welcoming to to strangers walking exactly and i have a a general rule of thumb on that when i go out i'm going out for me i get dressed that's right i get dressed because i enjoy what i'm putting on so i'm getting dressed for me and when i'm going out the two rules of thumb are no expectations no assumptions yeah, that the assumptions is a big one. And it's they, a huge one. And there's something else that people have to do. You have to turn off the phone. Oh, thank you. I mean, really. I mean, what, <laughs> you, you go out there. I mean, I go, I, I'm, I've always been somebody who's gone out on my own. I have no problem, let's say, on a Sunday yeah. going out to, you know, Lemayac. Like I talked about Lemayac last week on the yeah. show. Um, 
as a matter of fact, tomorrow afternoon, I, I have some free time. I will probably go down to Lemayac and sit mm-hmm. at the counter and take a book and read up on some of the things that I, I want to do, you know, for next week's show, actually. But I'll talk to the people around me, and I'm going to have my brunch, and I'm going to have my glass of Sancerre. It's like my, my tradition when I do go there. I love and, it. Yeah. And then, but I always end up talking to people on each side of where I'm sitting. That's the beauty of sitting and, at a countertop, And by you're the way. vivacious. And so let me just speak to those that are perhaps a little bit shyer. I, I mean, for myself, I've lived and traveled this world. I've lived in so many different countries, and I've done it all single. So when I've gone someplace, I don't know anyone. You bring your telephone, and you're just putting up this huge barrier between yourself and anyone else that's there. There's some really nice... If you feel shy to talk to the person next to you, talk to the bartender. Right. You know, just... Just go out with with just the pure desire to explore. Think and of I, yourself, as I said, as an adventurer. And I want to I want to actually talk a little bit about what you just said. And 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 I think it's important for people to to hear this. Is that yes, I am very gregarious, and I've always been social. Part of the reason was, as you were saying, I used to travel a lot on my mm-hmm. own in business. I had no choice. It was either I was going to be, you know, <laughs> on my own for weeks at a time or I was going to meet new people. It is yeah. not easy. I, no. I never profess that it's easy for somebody to go out there by yourself, yeah. especially if you are of shyer nature. But here's the thing. Fake it to you make it try it Thank once you. you know and try it with a magazine go in with a magazine so you have something to do talk to the bartender yeah um, all it takes is one time just step out of your comfort zone and look at the person beside you and say you know what glass of wine um, uh, are you enjoying right now maybe I'd like to order it you know or have you eaten here have before? you eaten here before it's something yep. so easy and it's not a come on it's just a really nice thing and you know what especially if there's other people around you who are alone they might really appreciate it. They might be as shy as you are. Completely. And I, I will be honest with you. I am a self-professed extroverted introvert. So it's the same. <laughs> I'm the same That's as you. That's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because, because I was very shy as well. But because life involved doing a tremendous amount of traveling and being in places where, first of all, quite often we don't even speak the same language. Right. You have to make an effort because sitting in a hotel or sitting at home is incredibly isolating and the thing is that the more you do that the the less you you, that you're in touch with that innate ability to just talk with people and just have fun so that's the no pressure thing just as you say you know you can ask what 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 are you drinking what would you recommend stand in the coffee line starbucks stand in the (laughs) coffee line ask the person in front of you you know what what's the difference between a vente and a grande you know like you you can you can ask those questions you Mm -hmm. know and and it just starts off a conversation you walk in again you can walk into a coffee shop and and all the tables are full ask somebody sitting alone even if it's a woman, especially if you're shy and you want to get used to it, yeah. sit down and ask somebody of the same sex so you're not feeling like you're you're coming on to somebody or you're being the one to, you know, to approach. You know, but it, it's all about finding that comfort level. And the only way we find it is to start. It's like swimming, right? You exactly. Can't, you can't just dive into the pool and start swimming. You gently walk into the pool and you slowly walk into the deeper end and you start paddling around. That's what I'm suggesting. I don't expect anybody to turn around and be the social butterfly 
um, coming from being the shy person. And I guarantee you are not the only person in that room that is shy. No, I, I, I agree with you. So, you know, we're talking about today um, moving in together because the, the fall is coming <laughs> up and it's the, September is a big, big moving weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's interesting. Um, some of the people actually on the show are just about to move in uh, with somebody. Um, new relationship. So I'm, I'm anxious to hear how a little bit also about not only about how she got to that position and, and, and you know, how she's feeling about moving in with somebody again, but also we're going to have a, an expert um, from the decoration world. An expert world. mover in her. And, and, well, she, she's really a stylist <laughs> and, and she can also help us because, listen to this, mm. you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you know, those sitcoms where you used to watch two people move in together or even welcome a parent in and yeah. they have that ugly chair. You know, like how do you blend not only your lives together, but also your furniture and your belongings, especially yeah. if you've been married and in relationships for long periods at 50 years old, two people moving in. We have stuff. Yeah. And how do you broach the topic of the ugly chair? The ugly chair. And and also young people. I mean, this is also going to uh, younger people who have been dating for a couple of years and maybe one person wants to move in and the other, they don't even know if the other person is interested in moving in together. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we broach that subject? So um, I'm looking forward to this because I, there's also I the issue too. of animals. Oh, well, that, that's a whole different one. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get to the animal one yet, but that, that's definitely other than if it's the, it's the two people involved. <laughs> Coming up, Evan Mark Katz is going to be joining us. He's a dating coach for women and men and author of four books. And we're going to find out from him some tips about how, when to move in together. You're listening to Soul in the City on CJAD 800. There's a place I go to when no one knows This is Soul in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Welcome back to Soul in the City. And today's topic is about moving in together, which is very apropos considering we are approaching one of the big moving dates of September 1st. And uh, here with me still in studio, Danielle Brooks. Now, you've never actually lived with somebody? Well, let's just call that a real hot minute. (laughs) (laughs) So this is going to be an interesting uh, conversation here because moving in together, let's just say I am a complete novice of that. I'm good at moving out. You're mo- Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. We're gonna have. We're gonna have to look at that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to be asking for uh, a fellow dating coach to join us. He's also an author of four books, including Believe in Love. Uh, Evan Mark Katz. Welcome to Soul in the City. Thank you so much for having me back. Oh, my pleasure. I love having you on the show. So you know, I want to kind of like kind of go right into the box here on this whole thing of talking about um, put kind of what do you put into the moving boxes and what do you not? You know, we're talking about blending two people who have possibly had a full lifetime and then moving in together. So what are some of the challenges you think that they face? I think usually one of the bigger challenges that people face is that they do it way too soon. Um I think it's one of the bigger challenges that people face in, in dating and relationships overall is that uh, they'll mistake passion, excitement, chemistry, this ineffable uh, you-just-know feeling um, for a successful long-term romantic partnership. Um, they'll move in with someone that they've been seeing five, six nights a week because it's just practical and it's going to save money and we're going to go to see each other anyway. Mm-hmm. And now you're 
living with someone who's not, not a virtual stranger, but someone that you don't know that you can make things work with. You haven't gone through uh, seasons of things together. And, um, you know, when people talk about how, uh, you know, there, there's, there's competing statistics when people talk about uh, the, the virtues or the, the demerits of, of living together, it's often it's because two people are so mismatched and they, they largely just dive into a pool and don't even check to see if there's water in it first. And so to, to me, that's, that's always the biggest red flag. It's not just about, you know, packing your stuff up with boxes and where am I going to put my toothbrush and am I going to hang, you know, this piece of art that mm-hmm. I got from my ex-boyfriend on the wall. It's, it's <laughs> well, the, the new boyfriend might, might take ob- uh, objection <laughs> to the old boyfriend's piece of art hanging up on the wall. But you, you mentioned, like, too soon. So some people yeah. say, you know, what is too soon? I, I face this all the time when I'm talking with people. And, and um, you know, some people say it's you, you mentioned the seasons, you know, that they have to go through four seasons. So you actually see somebody. More. Yeah, well, okay. Well, why is it that you think that it's more? It's not a matter of what I think. It's a matter of what studies show. Um, my my opinions are not formed by just why I, what I think. It's it's about you know I call myself a reality based dating coach, and so um, one of the best predictor of, of divorce: get married in a year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Thirty eight percent higher chance of getting divorced. <laughs> get married in less than two years, you get a twenty percent higher chance of divorce. So, unless you are 39 and have a ticking clock and need to bear children, um, there's no reason to rush the dating process at all. Uh, if what you have is true, it's still going to be there. Um, so I would, I would take the slow and steady so that there will be no surprises. And love is what happens when the initial chemistry wears off. So I think it's something I would go into very slowly, very cautiously. Um, you know, get, you know, move in after a year and a half, two years, if that goes well for six months, then get engaged and then get married. Like, like just whatever you're thinking, add a year. Well, what, is, what I want to ask you, Danielle, um, because I, I'm hearing what Evan is saying, but also, you know, there's a lot of people, especially, you know, the 50 or 60s that find somebody and if they've been single for five years, 10 years, and they go, you know, what am I waiting for? I don't want to wait. I finally found somebody. I want to live with them. Talk to me about how you would Absolutely, feel about because that. I think that I think that what Evan's saying is, is very, very true for, uh, let's just talk generally here. There is a golden rule, and so we have to consider as well where people are at in their own personal journey, in their own level of maturity, right. their own personal and emotional maturity, and their ability to communicate. Wouldn't you say, Evan, that those qualities are essential? Um, and, and that also understanding that um, as you're getting older, that whole sense of, you know, what do I have, what do, why would I wait? Why would I wait when I know my You're, you're my making my case for me. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and again, I, I hate to I hate to frame it like that because you know again we we want to be more sensitive and, and diplomatic. You are aware that second marriages fail at like a sixty-seven percent rate. Oh, I'm not talking about like marriage, though. I'm, I'm not talking so, about marriage. I'm talking about living together. There's a very big difference. It's, it's the step. It's the step before marriage. The, the the point is that you have people who are sixty who think I have to rush. I have less time on the planet. That's actually not true. You don't have to rush. 
people think that because they were married for 30 years that they know more about dating. They actually know less about dating than someone who's been dating prolifically from 25 to 35. A- amen on that one. I yeah, agree with I agree that with one. You on that as well. <laughs> Evan, let me ask you a question then. I totally agree with you. This, there's no need ever to rush. However, if you have people that have a very good sense of inner knowingness and a level of maturity and communication, what would you say would be the golden standard to look at, knowing that each relationship is different, knowing that circumstances are different? Where where do you feel that people need to be at in their relationship to where, make the next I, step? To make that next step. Again, I hate to pl- to play Mr. Spock from Star Trek here, but you you understand everybody thinks that they're unique and special. Everybody thinks that, right, it's the garrison killer, right? Everybody thinks they're smarter. Everybody thinks they're young for their age. Everybody thinks they have a special sense of knowing. I mean, everybody who's ever had a relationship, right, had a special feeling and thought that they were different and that they transcended the normal rules. So I'm actually laying out what I, what I think, based on what studies show, should be the normal rules, which is to go much slower because there's no downside Mm-hmm. No right. I, I I happen to agree. Like, I happen to agree with this. Good. It'll be there in three years, and I don't care if you're 62. Get married at 65. I got a client. She's 69 when she started work with me, on and off. She met her man finally after much trial and error. She moved in with the guy too quickly. Ended up breaking up with him. Finally found her true love at 76. Got married at 80. I love that. Yeah, me too. And but I, I, I love that story because that's. Again, if there's a textbook, that's mm-hmm. the textbook, is you really, really want to try things on for size to see if they fit, um, uh, as opposed to taking that leap of faith based on what you're t- calling your, your inner knowing. I, I, don't, I agree with you. I don't think it's, it's about the inner knowing. It's actually about knowing the other person's inners as well. And, that's and the how communication compa- part. That's the communication. Well, it's also giving your time, yourself time mm. to, first of all, adapt to the new relationship, mm-hmm. then getting to know each other, then the moving in together, then if it's the marriage part, the marriage part. And especially with um, mature you know, people who have been in long-term relationships, there's other considerations that people do forget about. Completely. There are children most of the time involved and we have to give them a time uh, you know a certain time also to adapt mm-hmm. to adapt to somebody coming into their world somebody else taking up you know space within our lives and as well as family time mm-hmm. and and you know that that as well is part of what we put into that box that, that that imaginary box that I'm talking about when we're moving in together and kind of weighing out where do the children fit into this? Are, are they still living with one of the parents where you have to integrate them into the situation as well? So the, the, it's very complex, is it not, Evan? It is. Another reason to move really slowly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I happen to agree with you about moving slowly. I, I do think that there are steps to take um, and, yes. and getting to know each other. Like you really have to see if you're not just in love with each other and not just passionate, but, you know, how do you go through the hard times together and, and support each other? And How do you negotiate? How do you negotiate? Exactly. That are inherent in, in any marriage, right? I mean, so, it, there's, there, there are so many things that, in theory, um, you could, you know, you could talk about, but you really don't know anything until you experience. So I think it's really just putting... You know, if life is a marathon, it's just putting one foot in front of the other and seeing where it leads you. 
instead of what most people do, which is sort of the full-out sprint, I want to capture this feeling. We both mm-hmm. just know this is different than anything we've ever experienced. And it will be before. here forever if that's what yeah. we want, and, 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 and it's I not going to go away. How many people had, I mean, maybe, maybe you, but certainly me and everybody I've ever worked with, had the you-just-know feeling. Yeah. Evan, I want to thank you. That, that, that person dumped me twice. Oh my goodness! Well, then I guess that's <laughs> that's your experience that's here. So, Evan, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing uh, your wisdom and your knowledge and all your statistics with us and um, about your beliefs. That is Evan Mark Katz. He is a dating coach for women and men, an author of books including Believe in Love. Coming up, we're going to go to the love table. So, thank you so much, Evan, and we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, Evan. Thank you so much. You're listening to Soul in the City on CJAD 800. Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Welcome back to Soul in the City and my love table, one of my favorite parts, because this is all about the voices and the community out there weighing in on today's subject about moving in together. So, Danielle, we have two fabulous women coming on, and I'm really mm-hmm. excited because uh, Alessandra Salatori, she's a decor expert and creative director and founder of Citizen Atelier and has mm-hmm. been on our show before. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. And then Phyllis Frost, she's a fitness guru, guru with over 36 years of experience. She's also the author of Fit Body by Phil, 90-Day Body Transformation Program, um, program and also so I want to say she is a single mom of three, a loyal friend, and about to move in with her boyfriend. So that's why we're having Phyllis Ross on the Perfect. show. Perfect. Welcome to the show, Phyllis. Thanks very much. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. So, you know, I, I wanted to kind of talk about the decision-making, Phyllis, for instance. I, I want to start off with you because you're about to make a very important step, um, single mom. And uh, going to be moving in with your boyfriend, and how you kind of uh, got to that decision. You've been together for how long now? Uh, about nineteen months. Uh, so you know, we had uh, Ev- um, Evan on our show just before. Uh, he was our expert for today, talking about he felt that it was around a year and a half before people should move in and then consider getting married. And you seem yeah. to be falling exactly into the time frame that seems to work best for people to know about that. So how did you kind of make that decision? Did you make it together? And is it purely out of love and desire to be together? Or is it also a bit financial? It's it's a mixture of both. First of all, number one, um, we kind of live together right now, but in two residences. So we we sleep together, you know, each night. But if um, we have have my apartment in the city, and we have uh, his place in the West Island, and we both work in both places. So um, my daughter, um, I'm from a divorce, and my daughter uh, comes to me every second week. So the weeks that she's with us, we stay in the city, and vice versa. Now, she's 22 years old, so if I have an event in the West Island and we end up sleeping there on the week that it's hers, you know, we don't make a big deal. All I have to say is is it came, it's burned it's from love and wanting to be together. That's number one. Because if that's not there, I would never live with anybody for the convenience. Sure, it's easier, right? You're not paying two rents and two double everything. But that's not a reason to move in. 
Uh, yes, that's know, that's a, <laughs> we all agree on that, right? Rule we don't move one. in just for financial for gain, sure. right? We, no, we want we we really just we we love each other. We want to be together. We find it you know it's, it's difficult living in two residences. And to be honest, my, a lot of my business is in the West Island. So we you know we're, we're this is not imminent. You know, right now we still have the two residences, and we both have our leases for another year. But the discussion is there for next year. Okay, so you're deciding when you're out. So do you do you deal with a lot of couples who are kind of merging two homes together? <laughs> I definitely do, and it's often a big challenge. You know, you're bringing in two sets of things into a home, and how do you start fresh? Because when you're moving in with somebody, it's a really exciting time, but it's also a really challenging time because you're learning to compromise with that person on a whole new level. Right. So you're going really from maybe seeing each other a couple of times a week and sleepovers. And now you're really merging a home possessions. And mm-hmm. how do you go about doing that? But it's a great opportunity for really starting fresh, too. Well, do you think, uh, for Phyllis, like for yourself, do you think, do you see yourself when you merge? Do you see yourself trying to combine, you know, to make the best relationship um, possible between your belongings and make it work, kind of like your relationship itself? Or um, do you see starting fresh, like, I don't want to share his things and I don't want him sharing no, no, my no, things? No, no. It's, no. Look, so. we're not children. Okay, okay we're both, good. We're both in our late 50s, you know? Mm-hmm. I love his bed. I hate his couch. <laughs> Wait, do you love his bed because you love his bed or because he's in it? <laughs> awesome, awesome, comfortable bed. Like you get into that thing, it's like, oh, bed is good, you know? So it's, we, will, we will merge our stuff. You will merge I mean, your you stuff. Know, I, first of all, I've been divorced. So I've, I've done a lot of purging. Like mm-hmm. over the years. Literally well, and physically, right? Physically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And emotionally. <laughs> physically, emotionally, spiritually, yes, every, every, every way. But having said that, um, I'm not, those things I don't hold a big attachment to. I have an attachment to this buffet. It's my mother's in a dining room table. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. else, I really don't care. So between the two of us now, I mean, we see what we have. We'll be fine. We'll be able to put our stuff together, you know, very, very well. And, and whatever we need new... Well, by new, but we're going in uh, with our own stuff. And so, Alessandra, yeah. somebody like Phyllis, okay? So, <laughs> so how would it happen though? So, for instance, Phyllis hates his couch, but it's not a, it's not a family heirloom. Let's say, let's say, yeah. you know, it's like I, I keep thinking about Fraser's chair, his well, father's uh, chair, actually, you know, the ugly chair. Thank you. That's where I was at too. <laughs> what if the ugly chair is the heirloom? Oh my! How goodness. do you deal with something like that, so, Alessandra? I think it's okay for people to have like a veto, maybe like one veto of something you say. Right. Honestly, I hate your chair. I can't deal with it. Forget it. But you also have to realize your space is going to be eclectic because you're merging two different styles. You're mi- mixing like different different uh, furniture pieces from different people. So you really have to make sure that everybody gets a veto. But besides that, you're going to have to compromise. So it's just like a relationship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Compromise. And just I want to just give you a side note. He's not crazy about the couch either, by the way. Oh, <laughs> listen. Couch. It was like, you know, when you move to a apartment, you just, oh, let's just get this couch. Yeah. No, yeah. it is not good. It is, no. Well, that so, sounds like a win-win to me. The couch is, is clearly on its way to Craigslist. And, and we are so meant to be that our furniture complements. It really does. Like, when we put everything together, it'll be very complimentary. And uh, I think it depends on the person. I'm not, um, I'm not a big control freak. I'm not like, it has to be mine. It has yeah. to be this. I mean, I just... I don't really care about that. As long as it's clean, it's pretty, it's nice, we both like it, it's all good. Mm-hmm. And and what about going out and choosing a place to live? You know, yeah. that, that, that's that yeah. got to yeah, be a been, big one, right? Well, we've been looking, actually. Like, we know what we want. 
So we, you know, when mm-hmm. you have a criteria, we need three bedrooms. I need a room for my, you know, my daughter mm-hmm. and my son wants to come or grandchildren. Like we need an, an extra bedroom because we need it. And there's an office. We need two bathrooms. You know, there's certain things that you need. Mm-hmm. And we know the area we want to live in. We know where we want to mm-hmm. be convenient sake. You know, we want to live in the West Island, but we only live 15 minutes to get onto the highway. Mm-hmm. We want to live close right. to it. Alessandra, do you think that that the younger generation now you're you're not you're, you're yeah. quite a bit younger than than <laughs> Phyllis is and I am and do you think that the younger generation is um, kind of you know are they as open to this communication or when they're building it from scratch it's more yeah. one taking over than the other you know it's interesting when I talk to my friends who are moving in with people you know we sometimes have this conception that maybe men sometimes don't care as much what the decor of a space looks like but I actually find that both people usually have a say right mm-hmm. you know a man's not going to want floral pillows necessarily thrown around the house and a woman might not want like a ping pong table <laughs> in the living room <laughs> Right. So definitely there's going to have to be compromise. And one big question is, how do you mix like masculine and feminine styles? So how do you? Yeah, Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I find usually men will have that like typical leather couch, maybe that they bought in the early 20s and they never got rid of. Um, And I say you can really mix something like that with more feminine styles, either in sheer curtains or in the pillows or in the art. But usually I feel the uh, furniture pieces, having them more masculine is okay. That's what I tend I'm, to say. I'm loving the diplomacy that you're throwing <laughs> in here. It's very, you're being, being very politically correct. Yes. But I, I, I the veto that. as well. I the really veto. like the veto. You know, my, my son my son uh, moved in with his girlfriend, mm-hmm. and uh, he came from a very masculine leather couch mm-hmm. thing, and she mm-hmm. managed to go in there and really fill it, you know, what, for a pillow or paisley pillows and, yeah. and do it all right. So, you know, there is a lot of things to consider when you're moving in together um, that we may not think of. But first and foremost, I think yeah. moving in together, we take our time. We do it when we're ready and we don't rush the job. Anyway, I want to thank both our guests for joining the love table. Alessandra Solitori and as well Phyllis Frost. Um, Phyllis, good luck with your eventual move and if you need help, you know who to call. (laughs) Alessandra. I sure do. Alessandra, if you want to get into some great shape, call Phyllis. (laughs) There you go. Or get into better shape because I don't even, I shouldn't assume, I don't know where you're at. She's she's pretty awesome. She is awesome. Anyway, Coming up, we are going to be talking about what's going on in the city, where to see and be seen, as well as your love questions. You're listening to Soul in the City here on CJAD 800. You're listening to Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. You're listening to Solo in the City, and now it's time for us to talk about what's going on in the city and places where you can go to see and be seen. And Danielle, today I really want to concentrate on the 25-year-old group because, you know, it seems that they have a lot of problems also sometimes connecting and meeting new people. So I want to give them some hot spots around town. And there are so many. And let's face it, uh, summer is heating up. A lot of students are coming into town. Yeah. New people are coming in. It's a great time to get out and meet. And there are a lot of great places around the city to meet when you're 25. So Flygen is one of them in the Old Port. Great restaurant. And then it becomes nightclub. And it's a really cool environment. Love that place. Mm -hmm. Subwa. 
A friend of ours had the launch of their magazine, The Diary of a Social Gal was there, and a beautiful spot and very, very cozy. Um, that's on de Maisonneuve, right downtown. Uh, Appartement 2000 on Saint Laurent. Mm-hmm. Fitzroy, that's in the plateau. Um, it's a pool hall, and there people line up out the door. Yeah, yeah, always. Always, always lined up there. Mayfair is also in the plateau. New City Gas, everybody knows that place. Always fantastic DJs. They have a mm-hmm. few different areas to, you know, mix and mingle in. Um, I, I really love that that place and, and the sound systems. Everything is great there. So wonderful, wonderful place. Velvet, the nightclub in the Auberge Saint-Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Very, very sexy. Um, and I know my kids uh, go there a lot. The Cloakroom, which is a speakeasy downtown. Fun place to go. Mm-hmm. I, I love speakeasies. I go to a place in New York that I just love. I do, too. <laughs> I spend a lot of time in them. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you have great inf- entertainment. Always. So, yeah. Always. Yeah. Uh, somewhere, which is a liquor lounge in the old port. Uh-huh. So a um, lot of, uh, I see a lot of my friends' kids going there. So um, when I'm walking around the streets, uh, it's always wondering, uh, so who's meeting who and who might date who? So, and you know, Montreal is such a young a young city in so many ways. We've got all these amazing universities. So, yeah, I know. I there's know. a lot out there. And last but not least, on the top ten is Philemon, also in the Old Port. But I have to say, Philemon, I go there too sometimes. You uh-huh. know, so it depends on when you go. Um, you you might just find an older crowd there. Okay. Um, and that's one of the things, though. I do like to stay away from some of the clubs um, where I could go. But I might also see my son or his friends, and it's that's a general not so rule: you don't cool. want to go yeah. out and hang out with them. No, no. no. And I think, and I think it's vice versa as well. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, every week we um, do ask people if you want, you can always call me or send in to soulinthecity.tv questions and dilemmas that you might have about your relationship, either the one you're in or the one you want to have. You can also call me at one eight four four seven four four solo and uh, send in some of your questions. And I know that somebody wrote in this week, and you chose an interesting question. Well, this is, because this is a real hot one. Um, Uh Uh-oh. Yes, (laughs) but it's one that, you know, I I think a lot of people would like to hear your opinion on this. So, dear Cheryl, can I date the husband of a woman I was friendly with and still acquainted with in the community? I think he also had a girlfriend but he is showering me with attention and gifts that I don't usually have from men. Oh, okay. So, you know, years ago I wrote, uh, when I was doing 365 Days to Find Love, I wrote one blog about the laundry basket. And the laundry basket for me was kind of like, you know, I I thought about my laundry basket and everybody throwing in their socks. Mm -hmm. And then when I wanted to get a pair of socks, like, to match my sock to try and find the one that would match I would go into the laundry basket and that laundry basket was filled with the socks of everybody who lives in my community and the thought of that was not appealing to me I really never wanted to date somebody I know's ex-husband that was just for me a no-no and yeah, you're opening a can of words. You're, you're opening up a can of words. And for me, that's kind of like voyeurism and, and into somebody that I know or a friend of mine's past. 
some dating experts will tell you and, and matchmakers will say, well, if you won't date you know, the ex of people you know, you're re really limiting. I think that there is a lot of people in this world out there and a lot of people you can meet. And crossing over, especially if it's somebody you were friendly with, somebody you socialize with during your singledom, and I, I don't know if this woman is talking about why she was single, mm -hmm. but if it's why you were friends with somebody who was single, and I've had this happen in, in my world, that really cross the line because if if you're sharing information with that other person about your ex whether it's male or female to female or male to male it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you're sharing information about your ex or your relationship and and the trials and tribulations of divorce and then that person starts dating mm -hmm. your ex there's a conflict of interest there Mm -hmm. So I think there's a there's a few different things going on here, but one of the things is also to consider how is it that you are going to interact with that person afterwards? Mm -hmm. Are you okay to lose that friendship? Because you might. And um, it's also about knowing why you're interested. Because you, you mentioned that she said, he's showering yes. me with attention and gifts. That, you know? that drew me in too, right? That point right there. Yeah, so if he has a girlfriend... Mm -hmm. And he's doing that to you. Well, I don't think that that's a person that I necessarily want to date. Like if he if he's over there with one person and I know that he has the girlfriend and he's doing, you know, being very kind to me and generous to me. Yeah. I don't know if I want that person in my life. I agree. And the writer, the person who or the viewer and listener that was um, writing this clearly wants love. Yeah. And and uh, I totally can feel into that, the wonder of having someone give you attention and gifts, which you don't normally get. However, that said, um, you have to look at the caliber and the quality of where it's coming from. And if that's really, truly honoring for you, because just because this is the only person right now, that doesn't mean that there aren't other people out there that right. are waiting for the opportunity to meet you. And with who you can have a much more fulfilling relationship. And also, you know, it sounds very complicated. Uh -huh. And you know what? If a relationship starts complicated, it's going to stay complicated. So I'm suggesting yeah. to you, uncomplicate your life. Say thank you very much. And, and find somebody who's, number one, available. And number one, uh, number two, who free. will be free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that was the availability part. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you again, Danielle. This was a fun show all about moving in together. And uh, we're going to have a great topic next week. And um, we're going to talk about more and more things about relating, dating, and mating. You'll be back next week. Absolutely with bells on. Fantastic. And if you happen to miss any part of tonight's show, don't forget, you can listen to us on iTunes or any podcast as well as watch us on YouTube. In the meantime, keep integrating social solutions because we all know it's all about the kiss. Save me, save me.